Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode, I'm joined by the actor and the singer, the X Factor winner himself, Shane Ward. This is a guy I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while and the interview came about because I was lucky enough to go on set of Tom Payton's latest film, The Ascent. But if you're American and you're listening right now, the film over there is called Black Ops. It's an absolute awesome film and I'm not just saying that because I'm actually in the film, I'm credited. Yes, that's me. Uh, The film is amazing. I think Tom Payton, and I've said it before since he's been on the podcast, it's one of the most upcoming directors out there right now making films I think he's going to be absolutely huge he's the hardest working guy I know he's so dedicated and he was just an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast and we talked about Redwood and Black State back then but in that time he's gone and done this brand new film and I think The Ascent is absolutely brilliant if you don't trust me or you want to check it out go on Sky Store, iTunes, Amazon, the PlayStation Store all those sorts of things, or also you can check it out on the Bird Box channel. Just Google that and you can watch the film. But yeah, you won't regret it. But in true typical Mark and Me fashion, I do like to touch base about the last episode. It wasn't that long ago and I was joined by Jen from the amazing band False Advertising. It was such a great interview. I saw so many comments about how true and how honest she was, how down to earth. And I've even seen people go and purchase the album Brain Free since. Some people have got the sexy little vinyl, some people have got the CD. But I just want to say thank you to everyone that listened to the interview and even more thanks to the people then that went on Spotify and listened to the band and then actually invested their money in something like a cd or an album or a t-shirt that's what we need to do support these bands especially at these hard times but let's get back into today's episode i'm joined by shane ward someone i've got a lot of respect for i loved his work in coronation street i thought his portrayal of the character was amazing especially towards the end i don't want to spoil it for people that you know are 10 years behind and want to play catch up on coronation street but his actual depression and the way he was towards the end and his suicide in there was so well done he's an incredible singer but yeah I've been lucky enough to see him in The Ascent he's absolutely awesome steals the film but I think it's best now to talk about the actual interview itself so let's get to it here's me and Shane Ward. Okay Shane so thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Absolute pleasure, man. What I want to do for the listeners out there, obviously they'll know you for various different things in acting and TV and film and singing, but I want to take it back to the start and know what it was you actually wanted to be when you were growing up as a kid. For me, um, I've just always been around music um, as a young kid coming from an Irish family. There was always Irish music playing, country music playing naturally. Um, and just, just the great, obviously, pop music around that time. Um, so, yeah, growing up in a household of seven children, there was always something playing in each of the rooms. So, yeah, I always knew I was going to do something with singing because it, it was just always in me. It always gave me such joy. And, uh, yeah, so I, I always knew I was going to pursue, uh, pursue something with music, definitely. And what were the albums that your kind of family were listening to when you were a kid in the house that influenced the sort of bands and the music and the artists oh, you'd on? Jeez, it's such a collective of music. It was anything from... Uh, Typically Tropical, which is Barbados. Um, you could have um, Queen songs. You'd have everything from Kenny Rogers um, to Tammy Wynette. You'd have Elvis Presley. Um, of course, for all the Irish songs, Foster and Allen, um, The Furies. 
it was honest to God, it was just such a, a, a vast array of music. I know you used to love songs back in the day as well, like from Adam Lennox, like um, No More I Love Yous and things like that. So, yeah, there was a lot of different songs I grew up to. Sacrifice was one of my favourites growing up by Elton John. Amazing. And at what point did you think to yourself, you know, I can actually take this seriously and want to do singing instead of it just being a, something you're doing in the shower? Well, I used to always enjoy going down to my local pub. Um, some of my sisters were going there, my sister Lisa and Emma, and there'd, there'd always be karaoke on um, every Sunday. And these were the days when people used to actually go out Friday, Saturday and Sunday and not worry about it, whereas people now don't watch Sunday at all. So, yeah, there was always great karaoke on, and you used to get a lot of great compliments. And then every now and again, my sister Lisa would ring me up and say, come on, people are asking for you to come down. And I was like, who? Um, just people in the pub they want you to sing. And I, I, at the time, I didn't understand why. I just thought, okay. So I'd come down and then, let's say maybe I get a couple of months later um I met two of my closest friends now who are god um mothers to my daughter Willow they're called Tracy Murphy and Tracy Lyle and uh, they've been in, in on the circuit for like over 20 years and they asked me to join the band and I joined them when I was 15 so I did like the working men's club for about five six years before I went to the X Factor so that's where I learned my craft and you know if you can't survive in a working men's club then <laughs> you've got no chance but yeah that's that's where I started off and I started to start also to to learn new new ways of singing harmonies and that's when I started to take it more serious. Did you have any actual um, official singing lessons or did you learn from a friend or how did it become that you actually like learned the new techniques? Do you know, I never had any lessons uh, back in the day. Um, I only ever heard of a vocal coach when I went into X Factor, when we would all have our sessions um, during the week. But back in the day, it was just um, listening to the girls. And obviously, because um, you know, we was a vocal harmony trio, and we toured up and down the UK, um, Scotland, Wales, and also went to Germany in the army barracks and everything. So it was, it was a long time for me to really learn um, different parts of my voice. And also... Some of my favourite singers, like from the stylistics and the Bee Gees, those type of harmonies, I'm all about harmonies. So I'd listen to them, I'd mimic them, and that's how I learned to harmonise. And then obviously everyone knows now that you won the X Factor. What was it that um, yes. kind of got you into it? Who was it that said, look, let's try and take this to the next level? It was my sister, Lisa, uh, my eldest sister. She said, look, I've applied for the, for the X Factor. And it all happened because, um, let's say, the year before, as, as the X Factor was finishing, um, there was a song out at the time and it was brand new and it was Daniel Bedenfield's If You're Not The One. And I, she, she, it's, a, it's a memory that sticks out in man in her head. I was singing along to it and it's got the, the big, lovely falsetto in his voice. And I was doing the falsetto um, to a lot of people. That's the high notes. And um, she walked past me and said, can you hit that note? And I said, yeah. And she says, we'll hit it then. And I hit it. And then before I knew it, she applied for me to go on next year's. So you actually had no idea she kind of submitted an application for you and then it was too late? Exactly, yeah. She said, no, I, I, I've put you in. Um, <laughs> and it was great. And then, then uh, strangely enough, I was actually on holiday and I actually missed, not on purpose, but just because of, of the date. I didn't get the letter through. And I actually missed the date of my audition. Um, so when it kind of came through late, I seen I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be on holiday by then. So uh, I, I rang them up and it was like, yeah, it, we've got an open day the next day. So I flew back and actually auditioned on the open day. So it's crazy because it's like, I absolutely believe that everything happens for a reason. And then obviously, I know it's a few years ago now, but what, can you still remember that night that you kind of announced? Does it, ever, does it actually ever feel real or is it kind of still like one of those things that's just too hard to try and describe? 
Oh no, it was it was incredible. I I'll always remember that night. It was it was so just everything was heightened. It was just full of emotion. I was I was battling against a great singer, Andy Abraham, and it was such a cracking final, and it was so close. And yeah, I just remember walking on. It was myself, Louis Walsh, Sean Osborne, and Andy Abraham all holding hands. And when um, Kate Thornton um, read out my name, it was honestly one of the the most surreal moments of my life because yeah at that moment it doesn't feel real it, it feels like it's just like fantasy and like just even looking back now it was it was like it was in a movie i think a lot of people probably um, agree with me it never feels real in that moment but yeah she said my name and then before i knew it boom i'm straight straight into the limelight and i had absolutely everything kind of like planned out in terms of going on top of the pops the next morning um and then basically just going on a massive promo and uh, tour for that's my goal because because at the time it was christmas yeah so naturally we was heading for the christmas number one which she got considering your sister sent off your application I, I just can't imagine what her reaction must have been like oh there was an absolutely ecstatic with it because they've always believed in my voice and it was always telling me that you know that they, they always believed that i could make it and hearing that as a young kid, it was it was always nice. But naturally, you only ever look at the people on the television. You ne- you never really consider yourself to be one of them in the future. Um, but it's great now because, like, fast forward fifteen years later, and where my vocal is at now. Because a lot of people don't know, but um, not long after winning the X Factor, um, I remember it was actually the next morning. I went to Harley Street because I knew I'd done something to my throat because. There was a deal that went on with X Factor. Like, if you went out the show, you got voted out, you would perform at Club GAY. Um, and it's the same for the win. So, after the show, after the X Factor, I won the show, I did a press conference, and then I went down um, and performed at GAY. I was so excited. I knew that I had Top of the Pops Christmas special the next morning. Um, but I knew I did something to my throat. So, I went to Harley Street, and the doctor told me that I had nodules, and I'd never heard them before, so I naturally panicked. And, yeah, so I... I they had to do the first, obviously my first album, it was an absolute struggle, but I did it on cortisone injections. And literally a lot of people don't know that, but you hear it a lot more common now with singers like Adele. Um, this this song, like, I think Rod Stewart's got nodules, but I don't think it hinders him. But it basically stopped me having my falsetto for a little while. So I'm very blessed in a sense, because I went to America with um, my tour manager, Paul Higgins, and we was out there for some time. We had met with a surgeon called um, Dr. Cantor, and his surgery was more like a like a record label because he had like discs on his wall from White Snake and and everything. You can obviously these are the people that he's done operations on before, and I just said, "Be honest with me," and he was like, "You know, do you know what, Shane? It's it's fifty fifty." And I thought, "Well, I've got to take a chance." So he cut my nodules, and um, I'm to this day very very um, obviously honoured that he did that because. I'm blessed in a sense because you're not ever guaranteed to get any of your voice back, but I've got it back as much as I can. Um, and this was actually the, the surgeon that was meant to do Julie Andrews' um, operation on her throat years ago. So wow. it was it was crazy when he, when he was telling me the story because I think she had hers lasered off um, because there was a, proce- a procedure which is lasered or cut off, and I had mine cut off. And uh, yeah, it's just crazy. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm so happy that. I'm blessed that I've got as much of my voice back as I can. And 15 years later, it, it helped me find different parts of my voice when I never had my falsetto. So it's made me more confident now in the studio to try different things and, and go down different genres. 
And that really excites me, not just for myself, but hopefully for the fans, because I know that I can cover so many different styles and someone out there will like it, you know, because not everyone's going to like everything that you do. No. But I am, you know, I, I'm, I was 21 at the time, I'm now 35, and I just feel in a much better place. And yeah, I'm looking after my voice a lot more and my falsetto's back. So yeah, I'm feeling good. I actually can't believe it's 15 years. Like, I actually, that's insane. I know. Where does it go, eh? So, skip a few years, obviously, then you got into acting. Uh, what was it that kind of made you want to give that a go? I always wanted to do something with acting, especially when I was doing the music videos. Um, the thing about music videos as well, to me, they can be just as just as important as the song itself, because visually is what grips people. Um, and... So, yeah, I mean, with mine, naturally, uh, there was a couple of them where I had to naturally kiss a girl. That's not a hard thing to do. Um, but I had to sell it. It's not just as easy to just turn up, like, yeah. sing a song to kiss a girl. You have to sell that you're in a relationship. And that's and that's one of the ways I was like, I, you know, I have, I have a feeling that I'd like to just try to, like, get into acting. Um, but I never did around that time. And then, but I always, I always felt in my gut again. I always, I always think, you know what, trust your gut in life. You know, because the worst you can get is a no. Um, but the acting um, job at Coronation Street, how that came about was there was a character um, at the time in the soap who was a bad boy called Callum, and a lot of people on social media were congratulating me and direct messaging me and saying, "Well done on your new role in Coronation Street." And I was like, "Really?" I was like, "What are you on about?" <laughs> yeah. And actually looked at his name and searched obviously his character's name, and then he came up as Sean Ward. Oh. I was like, ah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I can understand the confusion. It's literally such a simple mistake. People call me Sean all the time anyway. Um, and because there was a nice little bit of um, momentum built up by a fan base of Coronation Street and of mine, they contacted my management and just asked would Shane like to come in for an audition. And that's literally where it went from there. And I went down there and did my audition and waited about three or four weeks and got the job as, as Aidan Connor. They wrote me the part. So I was, yeah, it was crazy. Six months contract turned into three years and ended on an incredible storyline. So, yeah, honoured to be part of that show. And I'm sure you get this question a lot, but towards the end when it was the, the kind of the dark days of the suicide and everything and the depression and stuff, how, how did you even kind of mentally prepare to do those scenes? Because they were very convincing and it can't have been easy to kind of portray that. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's never easy because you know that what you are doing, you know, there is there's millions of people out there facing that truth, um, and and it was it was it was scary for for us all as as a team because we knew what we were putting out had to be handled so delicately, and um, we work closely with the charities like Calm Mind and the Samaritans, and also spoke to families, um, people who've been through obviously experienced someone going through it, whether it be a family member or a friend. And we just knew, you know, that when we put it out, the next step is how the public is going to react to it. But they just responded so well. And we were just so happy that, you know, I I, I was just, I was honoured that I was even handed that particular storyline and, and that I agreed to do it. Um, because, yeah, it's about, you know, to tackle that taboo, it's a scary truth, isn't it? Because it's yeah. still happening. You know, it's not going to be something that's going to stop anytime soon, but we're just trying to, um, get as many as many men um, just trying to speak up because it's not as easy just to speak and for us to go go on talk to someone just just know that you know there's a lot of people out there who are just willing to listen 
Um, and if that's a step for them to speak up, then no, you're not going to be judged. And But we use that platform and I'm yeah, very, very proud of that storyline. But it's a scary place to go, yeah. One of my friends who's been on the show previously, Tom Payton, I think is one of the best British up-and-coming directors out there. I think his work oh, weight and his work ethic is unbelievable. And in a few years' time, people will be like, wow, Tom Payton, I didn't realise you knew him. Can you remember the first time you met him and kind of discuss the idea of working together? Yeah, so the first time I met Tom was actually through my um, partner, Sophie Austin, who's also in the film as well. Um, and she's an actress who, who has done several things like um, Holly Oaks and Call the Midwife, and um, she was also in Tina and Bobby about Bobby Moore. And it was it was it was it was her agent actually was just saying, you know, this is great director, you know, you 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 should, you should maybe go down. There's an award show in London. Um, I can introduce you. And it was literally that we went down, and he won that night. I think for I think it was called Redwood. Yeah, the horror. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he won that night, and one or two of his actors had won as well. And the only information I was I got was he'll be sat at table such and such. So I just walked over to a table in a suit and just went, and what they called Tom. <laughs> I probably felt intimidating to be honest. He was like, "Are you Shane?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And just just since then, we just said, "Listen, let's let's me and the partner um, Sophie uh, meet up, have a chat." about the possibility of maybe doing something together and it just, it just it, the conversation just flowed we went and had a lovely um, afternoon tea with him and uh, it was great it was just it was just great and um, yeah that was it to be honest and fast forward we ended up doing um, Stairs which is obviously now The Ascent and in America Black Ops so yeah very pleased with it man working with Tom is, it, it's, it's brilliant because I can see how hungry he is and how creative he is and I'm exactly the same and it's nice when you feel like you can bounce off someone else's energy. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely one to watch. And, and kind of going from, like, working with ITV and Coronation Street on such a big production with so many people involved in the crew, I was on set for this. I'm actually in the film as well, only a, a little part. But what was it like kind of seeing it all working firsthand on a much lower budget and still producing such a great film? Well, it, it, it's exciting, isn't it? Because you know that, it, I mean, for such a small budget, so actually, because you'd have seen it now, the, the trailer's out there. Yeah. It looks incredible. I mean, from him and George Burt, and just what, what, they've, what, they, what they've created is incredible on such a shot. That, that's what, that's, I think that's what, one of the things that's going to blow a lot of people away, other than basically all the explosions that happened excuse the pun yeah um it, it, do you know what i mean it's, it really is going to blow them away because they'll be like that was done on that budget really uh, the guys are so creative and the great thing about it is that it's a great it is a great story and it's a hidden message and um you know it's it's it's, it's such a clever film and yeah tom had it absolutely all thought out and he, let, he lets you be creative as well that's what i like about it you know he knows what he wants but he also allows you to bring something to the table so I absolutely love that he, you know, that he gave me the the role as as Will Stanton, um, and I got I, I absolutely loved playing him. I absolutely loved being as tough as anything and giving orders. It was good. And now, obviously, you've worked with Tom. I believe um, you've been working on another film. Is that right? Yeah. So I I also worked on on Tom's um, last film. I know it's not Four Hundred Bullets, but the one before was G Lock. Yeah. Uh, um, and I got to work alongside John Reese davis who is just a phenomenal actor, and people will know him from such incredible films like Indiana Jones and oh, John Lord of the Rings, uh, Stephen Moyer, 
um, it was just it was great. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for people to see that as well, and it and it's good for me now. I guess one of the things you can take away from this lockdown is that you know you're going to get a lot more people engaged in what's actually going on television or streaming. Yeah. Uh, I mean, naturally for casting directors as well, because it's difficult because for them, you know, we're all kind of naturally waiting by the phone, but there's no point really because they don't know when they can you know, send scripts to people, etc. So when we have a body of work that's already been done and coming out, it excites us all. So, you know, I'm excited about the premiere tonight because I know there'll be a few casting people um, watching. So they'll see a complete difference from Aidan Connor to Will Stanton. And now that you've done these films, have you kind of got a taste for doing more? I'm sure with the way Tom works with sort of two or three films a year, do you want to do more movies? I mean, you've done TV, you've done singing. Have you got a taste to kind of do more of these productions? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've definitely got the hunger. I'm finding this great little balance now with the music. I'm going to be releasing new music um, pretty soon. And of course, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm keeping myself in shape. I want to be camera ready. I want to be, I, I definitely want to um, obviously pursue as well a lot more close combat. And I've worked with Darren on the film, him and Spencer. And um, they were fantastic and so great with me knowing that I didn't have any training background in terms of close combat. And they just, oh, they work their absolute magic on me and hopefully that comes across in the film. So I'd like to pursue that as well. So I know that I can add that, you know, to my resume that if a, if a song comes up, I'm like, yeah, I'm totally ready for it. Whether it would be action, whether it would be, um, well, just anything really, anything that's, that's gripping. The thing is now though, Shane, obviously your uh, husband, you've got kids, you've done singing, you're returning to singing with new music, you're doing films. When do you sleep? When do you get time to actually switch off and do normal things? <laughs> that's a good point because my little girl wakes me up at five o'clock every morning, and I absolutely adore it. Yeah, that's what, that's one of the, the the best things about being home all the time. Actually, is because when we're away working, we just have that little bit of a moan to ourselves. Not because we're ungrateful, because we're so grateful of what we're doing, but just just the missing element of missing my little girl and my family. Um, whereas now, oh, I just we'll never get this time back again. You know, so um, I probably go to bed about near like probably midnight most nights and I'm up at five o'clock. So I have probably about four and a half, four and a half hours sleep, nearly five, because I always hear these little footsteps. Coming towards <laughs> me. That's, that's all I need, to be honest, when she runs in the room. And at the moment, with all this stuff happening, are there still things that you want to achieve? I mean, you've done a hell of a lot for your age, but are there still things that you really, is there something completely out of this that you think, do you know what, I, I need to do that before I retire? Yeah, well, do you know what? Yeah, I mean, I want to go on as long as I possibly can. And I think for me, I mean, I'm just excited that this film's coming out because I want to show a different string to my bow, me playing a completely different character. Um, And I'd love people to see that, you know, that I can take risks. And yeah, I think for me, it's just to be in a lot lot more, I'd love to be in 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 a drama, whether it be BBC or ITV, I'd love to be in a gripping drama. Yeah. Um, that's something that is uh, I put out into the universe, and I believe effort happens for a reason. And just keep putting positive vibes. So definitely that. And on the singing front, for me, yeah, I mean, my my one of my goals that I would love to achieve again is basically to get re-signed. And I know a lot of people say you don't need to because I'm established, and I appreciate that. But you know, I've just I've got, I've got it in me that I've, you know that everything comes full circle. I'm going to work my hardest, and I'd love to get re-signed by a label. That sounds amazing. Some exciting times ahead. Um. One thing I always ask every guest that comes on the show, if they're a musician, a director, an actor, but there's such a tough world to get in, and especially with all this now with the lockdown, but what advice do you give to either someone that wants to be a singer or wants to be an actor? Because the way the world's streaming now, all the music and yeah. people aren't buying these, 
what what advice do you give who's kind of come from nothing to you know winning the x factor and now doing acting and being on tv what do you do to kind of keep yourself above everyone else well do you know what the, the, the good thing about fast forwarding to today is that i mean well, going back in the day you'd have to physically go around with your cd yeah you know to and stuff like that you try and get um, a self-tape done whereas you're right with, with with social media now and all the streaming you can you can get noticed like that it just takes one person to see you on tiktok it takes one person to see you on youtube because i know that's what happened with justin bieber yeah. you know little things like that so actually it's probably, you've probably got a much better chance now i mean don't get me wrong it's probably millions and millions of, of, of videos of people singing and acting but one person will get, you know what I mean, that lucky break. So for me, I think in this day and age, I just think you've just got to absolutely go for it. You know, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't ever listen to anyone saying you've got to stay in your lane. If you if you trust your gut, if you believe in your ability, you know, believe in it 100% and just go for it because the worst you can get in life is a no because the next thing you'll get is a yes. Simple. I want to thank you for your time today, Shane, and I wish you all the luck and I can't wait to sit down tonight with some popcorn, watch this film and... Uh, yeah, show the world basically that you know um, you're not the guy from Coronation Street. You can hold a gun and really fucking look a force. And uh, yeah, my mum and dad watched me have my head blown off, so it should be quite a good, a good evening. Thanks a lot, dude. Take care. Bye now. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Shane. What a great guy. Really down to earth. Really grounded. And I think considering the career he's had so far in the last sort of ten to fifteen years. He's not done. He's got so much more up his sleeve. He's doing new music. I can see him doing a lot more films. It's great that he's doing more work with Tom, who's, in my opinion, one of the best directors out there. It's really exciting. And I just want to say a massive thank you to Shane for coming on the podcast. As always, everyone, if you've loved today's episode, get on markandme.com. The website's there. It's got links to my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. Drop me an email. Whatever you want to do, get in contact. I love reading the feedback that you guys provide, especially if you love the episode and want to tell me stuff. I'll always forward it on as well to the people that have been on the show. They really do appreciate reading it. You think, oh, I won't bother. Honestly, when I forward them the feedback, they absolutely love it. So please keep it coming. The podcast is obviously available on Spotify, Podomatic, iTunes. The best way to support the podcast is jump on Mark and Me because on there you can get onto my Patreon and you can sign up for as little as something like 50p. That's it, a month. You have the opportunity to get podcasts early. You get to win prizes. There's absolutely loads of things on there. But all the money that you invest in the podcast goes straight back into the podcast itself. I don't spend it on myself. I don't buy things. It's all about investing so I get to do more podcasts, more interviews, which means more material for you guys out there. Thanks again to everyone that's checked out the podcast. Like I said, The Ascent is a great film. It's available everywhere right now. There's no excuse why you can't get out there and watch it. I watched it on Amazon, but you can also watch it on the Sky Store. Anywhere you go for your films, check it out. Let me know what you think, and I'll speak to you all again in a couple of weeks' time with a brand new episode. Take care, everyone.
lover was in a lullaby. Someday I wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me. Melt like lemon drops Away upon the chimney tops That's where 